What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here as always on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am your host, the Renegade JJ Williams, and today we're going to be taking a look at 1994's Backbeat, starring Cheryl Lee, Stephen Dorff, Ian Hart, Gary Bakewell, Chris O'Neill, Scott Williams, Kai Weisinger, Jennifer Eel, Paul Duckworth, and James Doherty. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here once again for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. Like I said during the introduction, today we're going to be taking a look at the 1994 Beatles-themed biopic, Backbeat. Now, this one is kind of similar to Birth of the Beatles in that it takes a look at primarily their days in Germany, but it focuses more on Stu Sutcliffe, who was John's best friend in the early years, as well as Stu's relationship with Astrid Kircher, and doesn't really focus on the Beatles as much. It's more of a story of Astrid and Stu. So if you were to watch these films in kind of like a timeline, like I discussed the other day, I would watch Nowhere Boy first because that takes a look at John meeting Paul and all that stuff leading up to their first trip to Hamburg. And then you could almost watch Birth of the Beatles and Backbeat concurrently because they tackle a lot of the same stuff just through different eyes. Now, our film opens in Liverpool, England, in the year 1960. And we are introduced to John Lennon and Stu Sutcliffe as they hang out in a local bar. Stu is sketching an image of the singer on stage as he imagines what she'd look like nude. The problem is, the singer is the owner of the bar's girlfriend. So when the owner kind of catches wind of what he's doing, the two get thrown out of the bar, with Stu taking a brutal beatdown as a result. A couple of days later, Stu, who's a pretty good artist in his own right, has been going to art school, sells his first painting. He takes the money that he makes and he buys a bass guitar, which allows him to join John's band, The Beatles. A few days later, John, Paul, George, Pete Best, and Stu board a ship to Hamburg, Germany. And in August of 1960, they arrive at the Reeperbahn in Hamburg, and they move into the Bambi Kino. They begin playing at the Kaiser Killer, becoming very popular with the ladies and attracting a decent following. As their popularity grows, the owner of the Kaiser Killer continues to put more pressure on them, to the point where they begin to take preludin to suppress their appetite. One night after their set, the boys are introduced to Astrid Kircher, and they all go out for drinks with her and her boyfriend, Claus Foreman. Through their friendship with Astrid, she begins coming around and taking photographs of the group, 
some of which are some of the best-known early portraits of the Beatles. After the photo shoot, Astrid invites Stu to come over and view the pictures, the developing process, watch her work her art. And Stu begins to fall for Astrid. As a result, he begins to distance himself more from the group, showing up to gigs late, if at all. Stu even blows off the band's very first recording session while the Beatles record their first song as backup for senior Tony Sheridan. Astrid takes more photos of Stu. And when they go back to her place to develop the images, Astrid gives in to temptation and her and Stu make love for the first time. But Claus returns and finds the two in bed. When Stu returns to the band's quarters, he learns that the band has moved up to the top 10 club down the street from the Kaiser Keller. John begins to get fed up with Stu and his lackadaisical attitude towards the band. And Astrid questions John's anger and why he's such an asshole. When the German police discover that George is underage, the band gets deported. Once the band celebrates George's 18th birthday, they board a train back to Hamburg for another shot at the city. Upon their return to Hamburg, Stu and Astrid pick right back up where they left off, while John and Stu end up getting into a fight over Astrid. One night, while at a party with Astrid, Stu collapses and grabs his head, a potential side effect from the beatdown taken in the beginning of the film. Stu applies to, and gets accepted to, a German art school, which all but seals his fate with the band. After a double date between Astrid and Stu, and John and his girlfriend, Cynthia, who had come up to visit, Stu officially leaves the Beatles, and they play their first gig as a foursome, as Stu and Astrid watch on approvingly in the audience. Shortly thereafter, John, Paul, George, and Pete head back to Liverpool, while Stu stays behind in Hamburg with Astrid. When Stu comes back to the house, after watching his friends drive off, he finds Astrid and Klaus holding hands as they watch the news broadcast from August 13th of 1961 on the beginnings of the construction of the Berlin Wall, which would divide Germany in half. And he jumps to conclusions, getting angry and thinking that Astrid is going back with her old boyfriend. Back in Liverpool, the Beatles begin to play at the Cavern Club garnering attention for themselves locally. And when Astrid goes to give Stu a surprise, he collapses again, grabbing his head and screaming for her. The Beatles make another trip to Hamburg, and Astrid meets them at the airport. When John asks where Stu is, she is forced to give him the devastating news that Stu has died of a brain hemorrhage. When they take the stage that evening, 
John performs A Little Bit of Love Me Tender by Elvis, which was the song that Stu used to sing during their shows as a tribute to his now deceased friend. Astrid walks out of the performance content on the fact that the Beatles had finally made it. Our epilogue mentions how later that year, 1962, Pete Best was fired and replaced with Ringo Starr. How Klaus Vormann designed the Revolver album cover and played bass in John Lennon's Plastic Ono Band after the breakup of the Beatles. And how Astrid's photos of the group in Hamburg are the definitive time capsule of that period in Beatles history. This is a really solid film, in my opinion. Um, definitely independently made, not very mainstream. Um, definitely better production than Birth of the Beatles, which was a made-for-TV film, compared to this, which was theatrical. I also like the fact that this was shown through Stu's eyes, because let's be real and no disrespect intended, but I'd say about 99.9 .9 of the movies that are out there that discuss the Beatles before they were the Beatles are essentially stories about John Lennon. You've got Birth of the Beatles, which focuses on John. You've got In His Life, the John Lennon story. You've got Nowhere Boy, a playoff of John's song, Nowhere Man. There's not really any movies about Paul, George, Pete, Ringo from those early years leading their journey to the Beatles and the Beatles making it. The only other one I can think of that has a movie is this one, which is told through Stu's eyes. So it's always kind of cool to get a different perspective. And that's why I'd kind of like to see an anthology series, you know, chronicling the history of the Beatles over a series of multiple movies, you know, to, to kind of give uh, an example, to kind of do it like an Avengers style, where you get John's story up to where John meets Paul, basically. And then you can get Paul's story up to where Paul meets John and maybe introducing John to George. Then you can get George's story up to where he came into the fold. And then you can get Ringo's story through the Rory Storm and the Hurricanes all the way up until he becomes a member of the Beatles. And then once you've gotten those four films, then you can do movies about, you know, recording the albums, making the movies, all the way up through Let It Be and The Breakup, and maybe even do one or two movies post-breakup with John doing his thing up until his assassination and Paul McCartney starting Wings and you guys may think I'm kind of crazy 
for wanting to do an Avengers-style arc about the Beatles. But the Beatles are arguably the greatest band in rock and roll history. There's enough fans out there that would buy tickets to see these movies. And the one thing that the music industry loves more than anything, it'll generate record sales as people will want to buy up all of these albums again as they're chronicled through these films. If you don't believe me, look at the fact that Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road, became number one again 50 years after their initial releases when the box sets came out. Look at what the Beatles 1 did in the early 2000s when that Greatest Hits compilation was released. People will buy these albums again and the music will come back in style. And then, here's the best part. Contemporary musicians are going to have to figure out what to do to step their game up. The fact that a band that has been broken up for over 50 years is beating their albums in sales. Because if I'm being completely honest, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I listen to CDs. I listen to streaming. I listen to music that I've got downloaded on my phone. I don't listen to modern music because modern music sucks. With a few exceptions of artists that I've discovered over recent years, I'd say 95% of modern music sucks. Bar none. So modern contemporary musicians would have to figure out what they can do to step their game up. And the fact that a band like I said, that has been broken up for over 50 years is outselling them. Now, when it comes to my rating of Backbeat, I don't like it as much as I do Birth of the Beatles because Birth of the Beatles, like I said the other day, was sentimental. It was my first exposure to their story. I do enjoy Backbeat, though, so I'm going to give it four stars. Since I, give, since I gave Birth of the Beatles four and a half, I'm going to give Backbeat four stars because I do think it's a solid film and I liked the twist about how it focused more on Stu than it did on the actual Beatles. The Beatles were essentially background characters in their own film and it was kind of nice to get a focal point other than John Lennon and Paul McCartney. For those of you out there that have seen Backbeat, what do you think? Let me know. If you're watching the premiere, leave your thoughts and comments over here. If you're watching on demand later in the day, leave your thoughts and comments down here. But whatever you do, when you get out there on social media, let's try to get those hashtags trending. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And, of course, the ever-popular hashtag Shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. 
Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money's made. Make sure you guys get out there. Do what that commercial just told you. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff Meacham Network for all the official merchandise of the Casa D18 Studios Brotherhood. Get you your renegade J.J. Williams shirt. Dad's not always on wrestling. Stat Boy Sports Bar. Hashtag Stat Boy Approved. Hashtag Shenanigans. Get you your official merchandise for the Jeff Meacham Network. Three different designs of the Jeff Meacham Network logo for you to choose from, along with Talk Wrestling, Meacham Mania, so much more. It's still summertime. Still got plenty of time for those barbecues, pool parties, beach bonfires. Go to the Teespring store. Get yourself a tank top. You can choose from Meachamania or myself, the renegade J.J. Williams. Either one is the perfect accessory for those hot summer days and those even hotter summer nights. Get out there. Show your love and support. While you're showing your love and support, do what that ticker tells you to do. Do you enjoy my content, my daily videos? If so, go to that PayPal. Send me a little donation. Keep in mind, still not monetized yet. Trying to get my viewership hours up. So the only way I can make any money right now is if you guys out there go to that PayPal and send me a few bucks as a donation. You don't want to send me any money? That's okay. I understand. It's still my birthday month. Go to the Linktree link that scrolls across the bottom of the screen. Click on the link for my Amazon movie wish list. I'm constantly adding movies to, updating it. Pick a movie for me. When it comes, I'll open it up on Renegade Recap, and I'll give you guys a shout-out. And likewise, when I can factor it into one of my themes for the month, sit down, watch it, and review it, I'll give you guys another shout-out. And I'll show you guys the same amount of love and respect that you guys show to me. Make sure you guys tune back in tomorrow, right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel, for another brand-new installment of Renegade's Reviews, when we take a look at another film actually starring the Beatles and what I can only describe as an acid trip. 1967's Magical Mystery Tour, starring John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, of course, the Beatles, along with Jesse Robbins, Derek Royal, Mandy Wheat, Ivor Cutler, Mal Evans, Victor Spinetti, and Jan Carson. You're not going to want to miss out tomorrow, right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel, when we actually take a look at one of the five films that were made legitimately starring the Beatles. To all my loyal fans and viewers out there tuning in today, watching the premiere, leaving your thoughts and comments over here, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you guys. Likewise, all my loyal fans and viewers out there tuning in a little bit later in the day, watching on demand, leaving your thoughts and comments down here. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you guys. I appreciate all my loyal fans and viewers out there tuning in on a regular basis, showing me that love and support. Thank you very much for watching, and I will see you guys next time.